Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, a senior faculty member here at Influential You, alongside co-founder and CEO of Influential You, John Patterson, our CEO. I already said that, but I just like saying it because he's right next to me. We teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we've helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we're talking with Tyson Crandall, who went from being a one-man digital marketing shop to managing an entire agency. He's now the chief operating officer of Saks Marketing Group in California. Tyson has worked with influential use since 2016, fell in love with what we teach, and is now the executive producer of the Influential You podcast. John, why don't you welcome him here? He's your guy. All right. Well, Tyson, it's great to have you with us. Yeah. Hey, great to be here. Uh, privilege, honor. Appreciate the invitation, you guys. Tyson, it's so good to have you with us because um, you and I met. I'm going to tell the story real quickly. Uh, and, you know, one thing I'm going to work out real quickly. We have a, This is the first time to do a podcast with two people, three people in the studio. Yeah. So I might ask a question, then you go, then I go. We'll go back and forth. That makes sense. Here. But um, Tyson, you and I met, funny, on Craigslist, I think it was. I, I think I put out an ad, you know, way back when I was looking for somebody in digital marketing, somebody in that whole world. And I think we met there. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it is right. I uh, saw a Craigslist posting sounding kind of cool, so I replied to it. And yeah, that was the beginning of everything. That was yeah. the whole beginning. Mm -hmm. So um, when you and I first met, we talked a little bit about the world of digital marketing, what we were up to. And it's so funny because you are now the executive producer of the Influential You podcast. You've produced many of the podcasts over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember way back when we talked about the day that we would be streaming these live and we'd be doing all the stuff that we're now doing today. So, um, I feel it's a little bit like a full circle. What was it like for you back then when we were two inventors talking about all our dreams and, and all those good ideas? Yeah, I remember that it was, um, we were talking about the studio and being able to do interviews with people remotely and all this kind of stuff. And fast forward, here we are. So, um, yeah, I mean, at that point in time, uh, just there was a lot of possibilities going on. I mean, me personally, um, I kind of felt like our introduction and encounter was happening at a good time. I was just, I was doing digital marketing, but I was doing pretty much everything under the sun. And I yeah. had an experience where my dad passed away not too much more before I met you. And it was, I wasn't able to even really like focus on like mourning his death or anything like that. And it was just kind of like, hey, I need to not do all the things that I'm doing, really just kind of focus. And um, I was on a journey where I was trying to figure out what that thing was going to be that I focused on and all of those sorts of things. So the timing was really good. And um, just in general, you guys interested in me because I was already into like Tim Ferriss, four hour work week, just general personal development stuff. Um, already had seen, did some of the Myers-Briggs tests and it seemed all like what you guys had to offer was kind of just a packaging of all that together. And um, 
I was almost more interested in just learning more about the company than like the job whenever I answered that Craigslist posting. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, you know, I'm reminded as you talk a little bit about some of the things that you were into at the time, uh, your early journey, um, just like everybody that has a, you know, when they begin to work with us, they, you know, start to recognize, you know, your naive attay and, and so what was it like when you first started studying with us? What did you see about yourself? What did you recognize? And by the way, we're going to get to the goodies because yeah. you have some really good sort of through lines in your journey and some of the stuff you now, I know, talk about at Sex Marketing to your staff and some other things. But before we get there, what did you first start to confront about your own naivete? Um, just uh, I was I was doing too many things and it was a lot of it had to do with my personality. Um I realized through conversations with you, you, you pegged me as an inventor pretty early on. And I remember just like sitting with that and understanding that there are certain things that are beneficial to it, but there's also drawbacks to it. And one of them is just getting excited with a new thing. And at that point in time, I would get excited with learning something new. There'd be a new um, trend in the digital marketing agency or a new opportunity to where you could be a first adopter. And I was really intrigued by that sort of by that sort of sort of thing. And I was always kind of picking up new things. And mm -hmm. with influence ecology, um, I forget which lesson it was, but just whenever we started diving into focus and talking about concentration and the diluting that happens whenever you don't focus and concentrate, it really kind of opened up my eyes because one of the challenges I had was getting paid appropriately for what I was providing to my to my clients. And I think a big reason, well, I know a big reason for that was because I was doing too many things and I wasn't a specialist at the end of the day. And that was where a lot of my that was where a lot of my naivete came from. Um, but just in general, I mean, I was young and dumb and naive about a lot of things at the end of the day, but that's just one of them. <laughs> so good. And and Tyson, then I come in the scene two years later, I see you as this astute, amazing student of influential you, whether you know this or not, John, I, Tyson was like the first real student that I got to sit next to in the office. And Tyson, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that that journey, right? Like, so you started, then you started to study with us. Tell us about like, some of the bigger takeaways, like the real ones that sure. really hit you. And I know that at that time you were kind of, you were using it to start a business. Where were you at with, with your business? Tell me a little bit about that journey with your business and kind of the fitness that you were growing to be able to run that business. Sure. Yeah. So um, in relation to what I was saying to John, to John's question a little bit earlier, I realized I needed to focus. And really the thing that I hitched my wagon to was media buying and ad management. I figure Google, Facebook, a lot of these platforms aren't going anywhere for a while. So that's a good place to focus. And through FOT, I was writing out my business plan for starting a media buying agency. And um, initially, I wasn't, well, I should back up a little bit because initially I wasn't taking the program. I was just working for Influential You. And yeah. I was... I was very curious because, like I was saying earlier, I was drawn to the content, but the validation and the proof 
in the form of the people who were taking the program and the conversations that I had is really what drove it home. And I remember going to the, I was invited to the conference a couple months after working with the company. It was in Cabo and just right. being completely blown away by the people that were there. It's like in one second, I'm having a conversation with literally like a millionaire from Australia who I just have like my mouth drop and I'm trying to soak in everything that I can. And then the next conversation, I'm talking to somebody who runs like a, like a music management agency. And it's just all these people who were, they were more advanced in their careers than I was. And it's just, they're, they're beaming about what they got from influential you and the main takeaway that I was hearing from a lot of people was just, I wish I would have started this earlier. So me being in my <laughs> mid to late twenties at the time, I just felt really fortunate almost through like osmosis, just hanging out with these people. I was going to be able to get what I wanted out of things. And that was what really drilled at home for me. And after that, I was like, John, I got to take this. We got to figure out a way to get me in the program. And at that conference, I actually got a lot of feedback from the members that were there and they helped me get validation that what I had in, in mind was a good path to continue down. But um, just, uh, I don't know, in general, a little intimidated because I felt like I was like a small fish in a big pond, so to speak, or just kind of like more naive than anyone else. But overall, just everyone within the, within the, 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 the community was just like, really supportive and ultimately yeah yeah well so your journey uh you, you did the fundamentals of transaction program fot um and then you've done some other programs with us as well and you've been part of our marketing team for quite a while um, i remember the day that you um started to move away from so out of our teaching you started to move away from being a, a guy that wore many, many hats, you started to specialize mm -hmm. in Google ad. Uh, how do you say it? Google? Google ads, uh, PPC management is how a lot of people price per click ads. That's how a lot of people refer to it. But yeah. Okay. So you started to specialize there, mm -hmm. get yourself known there, work in that area. And then at some point, I know that you began to consider working for an agency. And I think it was around the time that you called and you said, you know, hey, uh, my wife is pregnant. I'm about oh, to have, you know, that life changed, right? So I wanted to bring this up with you because, mm -hmm. look, we have a lot of listeners who might say to themselves things like, yeah, I'm a Jack or Jill of all, you know, of all uh, trades, all trades, all That's trades, blanket on the word <laughs> of all trades, mm -hmm. or uh, I'm a, I know back in my day, we used to call it a renaissance man. Mm -hmm. I'm a renaissance sure. man. I'm really gifted in all these different ways. And I remember very clearly that, uh, how old were you when uh, you got pregnant? Uh, about 30. About 30 years old. I remember you and I met, you had a look on your face. You hadn't told anybody yet, uh, except for family and things like that. And you were kind of freaked out and scared about the future because you knew from everything we taught and being around all these people and being at conferences and the things like that, you kind of knew that you needed to get your stuff together. And in a way, I remember, I remember it was like, I need to, you know, I kind of need to, to grow up fast is, is what we talked about. Do you remember all of that? And what were you dealing with at that moment? 
And yeah. what happened next? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I remember that vividly. And it was so fast forward a little bit with my influential you career. This is after I'd already been through FOT and I'd been able to leverage my specialized knowledge to generate more income. However, I was still wearing too many hats within my agency, my small agency that I had created. And um, at that point in time, whenever I talked to you, I was owed almost twenty thousand dollars and like like that like like clients that were back up like a couple months and i was just like i don't know how to fix this at the end of the day and i was at a point to where i just wanted to do what i needed to do and i think that that might have been where you shared a little nugget with me that's always stuck with me for a long time there's lots of things that i can do but what should I be doing in that specific moment in time? And the reality was, is I shouldn't have been doing all the things that I was doing. It was bogging me down. It was overwhelming me. It was stressing me out at the end of the day. And that's whenever I had the motivation along with the pregnant wife and child on the way to um, get something that was more stable. And that's when I started working at sex marketing group, I was able to parlay my um, media buying skills to um, becoming a media buying manager, basically the senior media buyer at the agency. Um, and that's how I got there. But yeah, it was just, uh, it's nice to, you. I think I could have figured things out, but it's just at the end of the day, you got that deadline of like a due date and <laughs> that inspires yeah. a lot of actions. So that's right. Well, I, I know too, um, I was I was really impressed with Tyson and the way that he was working within Saks because um, there's a there's a kind of thing that we often say Tyson around here you know when when a transactionalist someone who's transactionally competent goes into an environment they tend to really thrive and since we teach people that professional influence allows you to go into certain environments and thrive it was fun to watch you for get the position, but then to watch you begin to move in that environment in a particular way where you were, you know, kind of acknowledged for your skill, for your talent, for your ability. You, I think you even started to be, you know, to sell inside the organization in a way and, and become a top seller. And I mean, there's all these things that you did. And I think you began to, to be a bit of a, a rock star in your own organization. Is that how, how would you say all of that? Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, it's working with you guys. It it's it's total night and day. I think than a lot of companies, and because you guys teach this stuff, it's ingrained in everything that you're doing, from your meetings to all the interactions that you have with your staff and the people that are helping you. And yeah. to go from that, and then go into another agent or another business that um they they weren't doing those sort of things i don't know if too many companies around are and whenever you're coming from influential you and you're going to this it becomes quite obvious the things that are missing from stuff and like um, what? just like process at the end of the day is really what it is um there's a time and a place for everything and there's a way of like wrapping things up and just there's a time for ideas, there's a time to get stuff done and just all of this kind of stuff. It seems to a certain extent kind of obvious, but 
very few people practice it in their business on a given day. And I think that my ability to just have a process for something, to know whenever I needed to present the idea so it could be accepted by the CEO before moving into action was really important. Mm -hmm. I knew that whenever I went into something, I didn't it wasn't just complete. I needed to complete it the appropriate way and have evidence and proof to be able to assess and determine if we want to do that thing again. And just a lot of the fundamentals that I learned from you guys being able to apply that within an agency, I think, um, I mean, I can't speak for the CEO or anything, but I think it just makes you stand out and like, it's mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, gets it a little bit more than other people. And I think that that's really what it was at the end of the day. Yeah. And I know that we talked in the pre-show prep, we did a, we did a little bit of, of, of talking about some of the stuff that made you stand out that you learned during your studies. Uh, John, I don't know if you know this, Tyson was in my study group. And so Tyson and I studied together all through the mechanics and practice program. So it was really fun kind of seeing him. And then I actually, I think I met a few of your staff at some point, but tell me a little bit about what it was like going from that transition into going into the company and then, I mean, really, ultimately, in two years, becoming the COO, what set you apart uh, from maybe the other people in the company? I mean, besides process, and when you talk about process, I, I imagine you're talking about the transaction cycle. You're exactly. talking about personalities. Strategy. Yeah, all the yeah, strategy. All yeah, so tell us a little bit more about what made you valuable so that you made yourself, I mean, almost indispensable to become a COO of a company. Yeah, so... Um... I, it's at the end of the day, I think it was my ability to get things done. I mean, we, so let's fast, let's like rewind to the time whenever I start accelerating through the company, I guess. And it, it times with COVID a lot. Whenever, whenever COVID happened, we went from having a huge, beautiful office in Westlake and we transitioned to a fully remote dynamic. And the reality was, is this, we weren't set up for that at the end of the day. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that you don't realize are missing when you move from a in-person to a virtual environment. Mm. And I, it wasn't my role as doing is doing as a senior media buyer, but I was, I saw that we needed to figure some things out so that we could be accountable in a remote environment. And without getting specific into this, the things that I implemented, um, I just started to set these bricks of evidence that were like Tyson, Tyson knows what he's doing. And I was able to validate it by after I would propose something, there was proof in the, in, in that it actually worked. So I think just stacking those things up ultimately just made it kind of obvious at the end of the day. That's no, really good. Yeah. Um, so the thing you've already said this phrase, uh, I'm now not, just, you said you, it's a thing I said that you now say, and it's, you know, it, what, you know what I'm what talking you, about? What you should do versus what you could do. That, yeah, that so, quote. Mm -hmm. Is that what the quote? Yeah. Well, Tyson will tell us. He's the one that knows it. Tyson, tell us about that. Yeah. So <laughs> the dynamic of what you can do versus what you should do. And this is a big thing that I talk about with my staff and it ties into influential use stuff a ton, but I mean, self-awareness is a really critical skill trait whatever you want to call it and i think that whenever you're really self-aware and have that dialed in which you're able to get through influential you training you're able to know like is this thing like 
is this something that I should be doing? Because the reality is, is there's opportunity cost if you're doing something that you shouldn't at the end of the day. And whatever it is that you're working towards, you want to get there as fast as possible. So if you're doing a bunch of things that you can just because you can, you're going to get off track really easily. And I think that my personality tends to fall victim to that more so than others per se. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I know that I tend to just because you get excited by potentially being a Renaissance man and knowing all these things, it's, there's an excitement that comes there. So I can do something. I think I can do a lot of things, but yeah. at the end of the day, what should I be doing? Very few things, not that many. <laughs> so the value of that tight, it like, to me, like the value of knowing that and to be able to, can you give us an example of maybe something that at the time you may have been doing that you were like, no, no, cease this. I need to be doing this. Do you have a, do you have a, something that sticks in your mind there? Sure. I mean, lots of things. I mean, the biggest thing that sticks out to me is the uh, accounts receivable role whenever I was running my own, my own agency. But I mean, so a quick example, just from, um, more recently was with uh, SMG's sex, sex marketing group is we're a, we're a small company. We don't have unlimited resources at the, at the end of the day. And whenever I first took on my role as chief operating officer, we were, we had promoted someone on our media buying team to now take over my old role. However, at the time I was having to, help him and kind of do both at the end of the day and ultimately there was just i wasn't able to do the coo stuff at the end of the day and that was that was causing issues and once we were actually able to get to a point to where i was able to free up on that it just made a big difference and things started to accelerate a lot more but um it was something that even though i was aware of it we couldn't like act on it quickly because you have to develop somebody but at the end of the day the awareness of it and talking about it is what helped us get him trained faster and ultimately get me to focus on my COO role faster. That's really good. And I'm now curious about the impact that what you've learned here has had now as the COO, because I know you now manage a team of people and you're, you're, you know, you're having to oversee the company. What are some of the things that you now pay a lot of attention to with developing people, managing people. Uh, I know one of the things that you spoke to me quite a bit about was uh, 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 scope creep uh, (laughs) as one of those things where the company loses money because people are trying to take care of the customer, but you know, the scope of the contracts creeps quite along. So um, what are some of those things that you're now bringing to the management of the organization? Sure. Yeah. Um, So anyone that works in digital marketing is very familiar with the phrase scope creep. It's it's ubiquitous with a lot of these things, because at the end of the day, things change as you're working on a client's campaign and we're in a customer intimate offer and we're very clear, clear about that. And you like you want to make your customer happy. However, you can't get into a situation where they're not paying for what you're doing. And really, if it's all boiled down to the transaction cycle, we really needed to focus on our contract phase. And it was ca- it was causing us to have to basically stop and go back. We were revisiting contracts a lot. And now we just have all that ironed out a lot more. We have, um, <laughs> if anyone on my staff even considers doing anything that is not within the clearly defined scope, they have to submit a form. 
So there's like a vetting process before anyone does anything. Just right. little tiny actions that create, that force people to think about it before they do it. And they're not just doing it willy nilly. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's one example. Um, I think a big, a big part of what we're doing right now and we're innovating with it a lot is just the personality end of things. Um, yeah. We're a creative agency and we had a lot of creative type folks. Um, I'm an inventor. We have a lot of inventors and performers across the agency and um, we've been psychologically profiling all of our new hires since I've been working with us and we now have a bunch of producers. And for mm -hmm. those of you that aren't familiar with the personality, um, I would recommend you go to the website and download um, our PDF on personality, but you need producers for an agency because they don't get their name for nothing. They're the ones that are doing all the production. So, um, and then with the awareness of like, of trying to bring on different personalities and having that mix with our current personalities, it's the awareness of delivering our training and messaging to our staff in a way so that multiple personalities can hear it. Um, yeah. One of the, like, I say process a lot within my agency and we're trying to get our enterprise manual written so that we can have a continuous innovation strategy after that. And one of the big things is documenting our training process. And what we're encountering is certain people hear things different ways. And ultimately you have to account for how they can be hear, heard. And we teach four different ways. So um, that's been a real revelation because maybe a producer can get through it and not have any questions, but the inventor is getting pr paralysis by analysis and isn't able to get into action because stuff isn't clear enough for them. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are a few ways. I mean, really, um, <laughs> Influential you has been my cheat sheet for my role as I feel like I have all the answers to the test as I'm taking it. And um, it's, there's a lot of things that we've done good and we're doubling down on now, but just whenever I came into the role using the transaction cycle and what we teach at Influential U, it was very obvious where we needed to get to work and roll up our sleeves. Yeah. Mm. yeah and, and very obvious to you, but maybe as someone that wasn't as trained, it may not have been like right there but the deliberate work and practice that you did, I'm hearing so many things that are just wonderful, Tyson. I'm, I'm loving this. Now, before we talked, you said that the two people that you would love to speak to on this podcast and the people that you wanted to reach are the people that are either brand new at business or feel stuck. What we, we said starting or stuck is I think yeah. what you kind of, kind of came up with, but tell me a little bit about, cause you, you started a business during the fundamentals of transaction program. And then life changed, you needed to make adjustments and then you started to work for somebody. And, and you kind of took the program as sort of a meta, I'm gonna work through my stuff while I'm taking the program. And you said those are the two specific people you wanna to talk to. Uh, I'm gonna let John do the soapbox when he does that at the end, cause that's his part. But without doing the soapbox, tell me what would you say to somebody that was kind of in those positions or maybe even yourself back when you started FOT and, and then switched the new career? What would you, what would you, what advice would you give? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think I have had a unique experience through influential you because whenever I first came on, I was someone who wanted to start something and through FOT, I was able to launch a new business, um, reach a lot of my financial aims, so on and so forth. And whenever you're someone in that position, I 
my feeling about it was just like you don't know if you have it right there's the you don't want to go out there and fail you're hesitant because you just don't want to get it wrong at the end of the day so i feel like there's a lot of questions but an influential you provides that i mean at the end of the day what fot is is creating a framework it's a business plan for reaching whatever aim it is that you have some people mm. use it to reach a health thing, but it works for everything. So if you're trying to start something brand new and you need any help doing it, and you're trying to figure out where to start, Influential You is a great place because they're just going to give you the roadmap of what you need to follow to get there. And on the other hand, for the people who are getting stuck, uh, the CEO of Saks, has told me, I've had countless conversations about how been able to grow revenue within the company, but we're never able to make more profit. And we're hitting this theoretical ceiling. We're always bumping our head on things. And it's kind of like, what's why, what's going on? So that's speaking to the people who are getting stuck. Influential You provides a framework for getting on a new pathway and ultimately scaling your business. It's, it's, is tailor-made for scaling a business. And that's ultimately what's happening whenever you're getting stuck. Wow. So that's great. Yeah. yeah that's, that's right. Really good. So a couple of things uh, before we wrap up here. One is um, I always want to give people an opportunity to uh, talk about how's life now? You know, here you are, you're, uh, so how's life now? And anything, any soapbox, uh, soapbox moment, anything you want to say to the crowd? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, life right now is pretty good. Um, I don't have the same stresses or questions that I had before I started with Influential You. Um, we teach the conditions of life. Again, if you're not familiar, I'd recommend going to the website to find that so you can get some more information on it. But I'm, I've got a lot of the lower tier conditions of life figured out now. And I'm kind of moving on to legacy and just all these things that I wasn't even thinking about before, whenever I first started right. things. Um, I have, I have a family now, which was different before I first started. I was single, didn't have any kids. Now I'm married and uh, just had my second kid three weeks ago. She's literally three weeks right. old. Right. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's just uh it's a lot more peaceful, I guess, is how I would say it. And I feel comfortable with where I'm at. Um, I uh, I have an incredible team behind me, and I I know that ultimately we can figure things out. And I know that I'm on trajectory to reach my aims beyond where I'm at too. So it's just a lot of uh, just at peace with a lot of that kind of stuff. So um, and then as far as the soapbox goes, um, let me see here. So, I mean, obviously I would be remiss if I didn't give people a way to contact me if they're interested in learning more about potentially working with our agency. Um, you can do that by just visiting saxmarketinggroup.com. You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, Tyson Crandall. There's not too many of them. I don't, there's any, so you can find me pretty easily. Um, plus there'll be links in this episode where you can find to contact me as well. Um, Outside of my line of work, I think that I've got a couple of messages that were really powerful for me um, that I would like to just impart on whoever is listening. And um, taking action is a really big 
thing. I think that a lot of my regrets with where I'm at is not doing it sooner. Um, everyone has your fear. There's fear of failure. There's fear of getting, getting it right. There's fear of all these sorts of things. And ultimately, just put it out there. Don't have such a critical view of yourself. And like, if it doesn't work, that's okay. You know, you'll refine it. It'll be better for the next time around. But just go out and do it. There's no point in waiting. Now is the time. And then um, I would also say, we talked about a little bit earlier, but self-awareness, um, I think that it's just an incredibly powerful thing because a lot of people are trying to do things that they think they're a good fit for, but they're actually not. And in order to get self-awareness, it's kind of hard to do it on your own. <laughs> you, <laughs> You yeah, need you need you need feedback and um, influential you uses a phrase they hold a mirror up and um, that's the reality. I get told a whole lot of things that I don't really want to hear, but it's good for me, you know. And um, it makes it helps me go in the right direction. So I just think self awareness is critically important. And um, next time you're talking with somebody who. Um, you think a lot of ask them for like true feedback you know ask them for something that you don't want to hear tell me something i don't want to hear i mean ultimately that's where you grow so just self-awareness is a big thing and it's paid a lot of dividends for us as an agency even too self-awareness doesn't just apply to like the person you can have self-awareness as an enterprise too and we're um we're really aware of what we're good at and what we're not and um, this is something that I'll throw in here that's, but John, you and I had a conversation about, so Influential You is doing some additional marketing over the recent, the recent past beyond what we had been doing and in, in prior to that. And whenever you were looking for branding agencies to work with, marketing agencies to work with, specialists to work with, we had a conversation and I was honest and transparent with you and said that we aren't a good fit for you because we're not going to be able to provide what you guys need. So yeah, it'd be great to have a new client, but ultimately like that's not helping us get to where we want to be if it doesn't work out or if we're just kind of crossing our fingers, hoping something works. So yeah. self-awareness personally and as an enterprise, I think is incredibly important. Oh, right. He turned you down, John. He turned you down. You, you were no, going to give you him your business and, you, and he said, no, we can't do it. It's the wrong fit. No, he just, he, <laughs> it wasn't a turn down. It was, I mean, it was so, it was just so honest and oh. frank to be able to say, look, it's just probably not, I could take the money, but no, I, I don't think it's a good fit. Good so business, Tyson. Really good, good work. I think we oh, found some God. good people ultimately too. Like, I think we found some good alternatives. So absolutely, <laughs> we did. We absolutely did. All right. Well, Tyson, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Influential You podcast today. Uh, now we're going to hear a few things about next week's guest. And so again, thank you, Tyson, so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah absolute yeah. pleasure, privilege. Thanks for the invite. Anytime you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to our guest, Tyson. Next week, I'm, I'm really excited because I get to try this on my own without John. It's just going to be next week. We're going to be talking with this gentleman who has a brand new book out, Sterling Hawkins. His new book is called Hunting Discomfort. John, I'm going to be reading this on the airplane all week, just so you know. He's going to be talking about 
how influentially you helped him not only get his business where it's going now, but also complete this bad boy, which is a dream of his. So you'll want to be here next week, same time for Sterling Hawkins. And he and I will have a one-on-one -on -one interview. That'll be a lot of fun. John, what did you hear today? What did you what did you hear in all that? What did you take away from, from the interview with Tyson? <laughs> well, you know, Tyson, uh, there was a word that he said, a phrase that he said, influential you is my cheat sheet. Yeah. And I just love that because uh, it resonates with so many business owners and, and business professionals that, um, uh, you know, Kirkland, Kirkland sometimes says, I feel like I, it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel and I feel like I have an unfair advantage and, and all of those kinds of things. So there's a way that many people participate in our programs and go out into the world and they're so able to be effective and competent in ways that shock and surprise them. And it starts to look a little bit like, you know, I've got a cheat sheet, like I've got the, you know, the keys to the kingdom. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, but I think that's one of my favorite little takeaways from this. A little podcast. bit of a, a game genie, which might be like, you know, the little cheat code you put into your Nintendo that gave you all the codes and you got special <laughs> powers. I think I took away that as well, because with him, he was speaking. It was like it was so easy to see where the mistakes were because he had a process that fit in with those. And the fact that he also had a people process that allowed him to people as well. That to me is something that is very unusual for someone who you hire for a position to come in with their own set of, this is how I get things done. I really believe that that would have been a huge value to him and probably why he got some of the success that he had. Any thoughts about that? I, I you know, it's so funny uh, when when his dad passed and and uh, we started to talk and on all of that, there was a whole bunch of experiences I had where I felt like a surrogate dad. Mm. And uh, and, you know, I feel that way with a lot of our students, you know, where I'm I'm there to take care of their future and I, I don't take it lightly. And I remember, you know, this lesson and that lesson and all these different bits working with Tyson for his own business, for his own success, for his own agency, for working with the other organization. Um, from time to time, we'll have, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations and say, so, you know, I'll say, hey, I need to know how to do this or how to handle that. Or if you were me, what would you do in this situation? So I just mostly am, uh, you know, love that guy to death. And I'm so glad that he's the executive producer for this podcast. Me too as well. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to take that away from Pine. Just so that you know, when Tyson first joined us and we sat around that table, uh, that very first interview, we had a little conversation about the future and the dreams and what we could do and all, you know, this thing and live streaming and whatnot. Um, it just mattered that he was the guy that was the executive producer for all of this because um, he's just always been that guy. Yeah. He's just always been that guy. Yeah. Uh, John, well, I'll tell you this. I can, I hope you guys can see it. I can see it. It feels like you're beaming. I believe you. I was going to say, you seem like a proud papa with all the things that I'm going a little on. Bit. So, uh, <laughs> Tyson, you are welcome for that relationship. Not everybody gets that John Patterson. I get the mean one. I'm just kidding. That's right. But it's so fun uh, to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Each week, we will be streaming live on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, can you share it with others? Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place you get your podcasts. Don't be shy. Give us a rating and a review. We want to know what you think. 
Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads that we talked about. This podcast is made possible by the Influential You staff, mentors, and members around the world. Special thanks to our executive producer that you all now know and love, Tyson Crandall, and video and sound by Michael Teehee and Daryl Anderley. The Influential You podcast is located in Influence Ecology, LLC, in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded on June 15th, 2022. The podcast theme is by Chris Strandring, entitled Fast Trained Everywhere. Thank you so much for listening, and we cannot wait to see you guys next week. And Tyson, you know, just so that you know, you talked about the links that you should find in our website. I'm going to ask that you go ahead and put those links in the show notes today. You mentioned, I think, conditions of life and some personality and some other things. So uh, be sure to put those in as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. He gave himself some work. I know. Thank you.